Usually I start with a free flow of, of thoughts about my guests, but today I am actually going to read a short introduction because my guest has achieved so much and it would do him no good if I were just blabbing on about his achievements because his achievements are really notable. My guest today is a global thought leader in AI who made Obama and Bill Gates take notice. He's um, uh, he, Miami-Dade, the second largest college in the US, has listed him among the leading experts in AI. He's recognized as one of the top 500 global thought leaders in AI and startups by Brains Magazine. His technology projects have impacted lives of 10 million people. He has four patents in artificial intelligence and he's an author of two books on technology. He was once a factory worker earning $2 an hour, and now he is beyond the clouds. <laughs> I'm welcoming Manoj Agarwal. Thank you so much. Yeah, it was actually $2 a day, not an hour. A day? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. What a story. How did you achieve yeah. all that? You're relatively young. <laughs> well, um, I, I think, um, you know, what happened was primarily... I was able to find my passion um, with technology because working in that factory, I, I wanted to change my life. I wanted to create more value. I wanted to get out of that situation. And um, I tried to find how I can create more value in the world. And I found my love for technology. Now, a lot of uh, times you say, you know, preparation and luck, they all have to work together. So I was prepared. And um, I was lucky in the sense that technology actually uh, was getting adopted at a rapid pace. And now last 20 years, um, the whole world, it's ha it has been about technology, technology, technology. And then the other thing is um, I've always tried to look for work that will impact humanity in meaningful ways. So that is why we have done extensive work in education in healthcare and in real estate, these things where, you know, it actually helps everyday people's lives to get better education, to improve their health situation, to live their uh, lives better in their homes. Um, and that I believe is the, the key reason why I was able to progress so much because of, you know, the, the impact on a huge number of uh, lives and, and just um, my, curiosity to learn and uh, uh, keep uh, updating my knowledge, uh, working with latest technologies like artificial intelligence. Uh, Manoj, artificial intelligence is a relatively new phenomenon, at least in the public world. Now with ChatGPT, it's uh, basically from March this year. Mm -hmm. When was the first time you, you started working on artificial intelligence? I know that, you know, it's been yeah. out there for a long time, but for the pub, for the for the mass audience, it's been there since March only. Yes, so when yes. did you start working on AI and uh, what kind of AI? And tell us a bit about this development. Sure. Yeah, so uh, artificial intelligence actually has been around since 70s. Uh, most people don't realize it. And ChatGPT was released in November 2020, uh, 22. So it's been around out around like seven to eight months. Um, and I, my first uh, project with the artificial intelligence started in 2007. And what we worked on was um, 
uh, education technology which helps students learn at their own pace meaning uh, it provided a way to students to have personalized curriculum in a classroom so today in general if there are 30 students in a classroom every student gets the same curriculum so we know as humans you know some students are way advanced than other students and some students are lagging behind and not to say that they are uh, you know not intelligent but sometimes some topics or some subjects are not very um very familiar to some students right so in that uh, respect uh, the teachers sort of have to create a curriculum which which is one size fits all which is not very uh, optimal experience for the students so with ai uh, the ai systems can recognize who is advanced in this subject and they can skip ahead uh, and then learn at a faster pace and if a student is uh, needing more help they will be provided more information more uh, lessons so that they can catch up and become you know more proficient at at this topic so that was one of the first projects that we uh, that we worked on and it had tremendous impact on the students and the classroom environment because now everybody got an optimal learning experience so so how did the system evaluate if the student was prepared to move on or they needed more help was it through tests yes yes so it is various uh, various uh, ways you know how fast they are able to go through the material uh, whether they score uh, you know uh, good uh, or you know what is the what is the score that they uh, you know they um, uh, they got in in some initial tests and as uh, they make progress through this curriculum it also learns about the ability of each student so the more uh, the system learns about the human being the more um uh, more impactful decisions it can make okay you know what comes next what comes next so so that um, it assists the teacher as well in giving the optimal experience for the students mm -hmm. yeah so how do you then define ai if you define it as a self learning technology did it use like a, a self learning did it like dispersed nodes at that time in 2007 like the nodes so, of a neural pathway like it it is now in the learning phase um see um uh, 2007 um technologies and algorithms were not as advanced as today so we use something called reinforcement learning so what it does is uh, we feed it some data from existing sources from existing exams existing students and it starts to learn the patterns and then it it learns based on historical data but then it can sort of apply that knowledge for future uh, uh future students and then it starts to collect more and more data and then the model becomes smarter and smarter as it collects more information in the real world so it's always ai is always based on historical data but then once we are sure that the algorithm and understands the real world then it can start to consume more data in the present and then become smarter and smarter and smarter mm -hmm. so is this particular educational ai used in a confined environment or is it now unleashed no it is always in a confined environment because um you know in this particular case it was a commercial product 
right? It was not an open source product or um, something that can be given away for free. Uh, it it uh, you know it had investment of multi million dollars. Uh, but that being said, you know now you can see with chat GPT, it is a very advanced form of artificial intelligence. So I believe the next uh, generation of uh, these kind of products will be built on these large language models like chat GPT because they can understand the human mind and they can interact with the human mind much, much uh, more efficiently, more effectively. So I believe now we will see much more advanced implementations of similar platforms and many of them may be actually become free because chat gpt is uh, almost free what do you think about the the possible dangers of ai and of this call of uh, some of the world's thought leaders like elon musk to stop the development of ai for at least six yeah. months you see <laughs> You know, uh, human nature is always to be afraid of the unknown. You know, whenever a new technology is introduced, we are always afraid what is going to happen. The second thing is uh, our news cycles are also controlled by AI. And AI algorithms, when they look at the news headlines, they optimize the new news headlines for maximum sensationalism, maximum fear, because that's what gets the clicks. Uh, you know, uh, that's what forces us to click. Now, if we look at what is actually happening underneath the covers, Elon Musk is one person who has invested the most in AI. You know, all his companies rely very, very heavily on AI. You know, um, for example, Tesla is not a car company as most people think it is. It is actually a data and AI company. Uh, SpaceX, obviously, it's a rocket uh, and space um, company, but uh, AI is in every detail. Uh, I mean, that is the only reason why they can land those rockets back on uh, on uh, land, or not only on land, but a, a floating platform in the middle of the ocean. So, if AI was not being used, there was there's no way a human can, you know, sort of uh, make these kind of amazing achievements. So, people have to realize that they may have ulterior motives. They may have some other uh, uh, viewpoints on why they are saying, okay, we should slow down AI. But that is definitely not saying AI is dangerous. It's almost saying that we we may not know how to deal with such uh, things, not at the technological level, but just proving the point that people are afraid of it for no reason. Uh, and, and this may cause some hysteria. This may cause some socioeconomic um, repercussions that we are not ready to deal with. Uh, there are no regulations in place right now. But that doesn't mean that technology should stop. All, technology always moves faster, much, much, much faster than regulations do, right? Um, and we have seen this hysteria in the past. Like um, uh, in the year 2000, there was a big uh, fear about Y2K. You know, what will happen when Y2K turns around and people... Uh, People just went nuts, like, uh, you know, buying groceries, buying all of these things and thinking that the end of the world was coming because of Y2K. So these what things have Y2K? happened. I'm sorry. I mean, what is Y2K? So um, people who uh, remember um, Y2K was a big problem where, you know, computers used to ah, understand. The year 2000. Ah, yes. The year 2000, the, the last two digits of the right, year, right? right. Mm -hmm. So when uh, uh, the year 2000 came around, the 
computers were not ready to accept 00 as the date mm-hmm. and that the fear was that the banks will stop functioning all the grocery stores will stop functioning everything mm-hmm. just come to a standstill because of this glitch so these things have happened in the past as well but you know these are just like a uh, fears of the unknown and uh, and and almost baseless i see but yet you know to, to further question on this topic of if, if is there any danger at all you know there i've heard of um, chat gpt giving certain answers that are quite disturbing yes uh, yes okay yes yeah, yeah. So, so. see um one thing we have to realize that um artificial intelligence is not anything different than human intelligence okay mm-hmm. so if you talk to 100 people about a topic 95 of those people will give you you know if they are knowledgeable about the topic they'll give you the right answer but five people may give you the wrong answer or malicious answers or you know something that is totally wrong or 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 uh, not in the benefit of uh, humans so mm-hmm. ai is just reflecting who we are as a species so it is collecting the data from everything that has been said by humans and learning from it so it's it's not that technology is malicious it's that it has consumed the data that we have produced and so the idea will be to um have some regulations in place have some uh boundaries in place where uh what we consider as malicious or wrong that can be filtered out and it is already happening to a certain extent right we are just at the beginning of this ai revolution um uh, if you compare other industries like uh, oil and gas or uh, automobile industry or construction industry they have been around for centuries and they have you know developed so much since the time they started and now they are safer they are more um, you know uh, harmonious with the way that we live and we and we work so ai is going to uh, evolve slowly and all of these problems will be addressed in time but only if we start to use it if we start to understand it if we start to raise these concerns and then um, this feedback loop is incorporated into these ai systems to make it safer and more beneficial for humanity mm-hmm. right yeah i mean uh, yesterday i was speaking to um, april moss who is a co-founder of uh, digibuild um mm-hmm. with ai and blockchain uh, in the construction industry and supply chain and the effects that she's seeing there are amazing what industries are your um, ai applications currently engaged in so we are industry agnostic we as i said uh, we have done a lot of work in healthcare in education uh, in uh, real estate logistics um Uh, and and uh, what we are seeing is that uh, uh, industries where there's a lot of data like finance uh, like insurance um uh, that those are the industries that are going to be disrupted the most uh, but also the industries where you need a lot of human touch a lot of uh, sort of uh, you know uh, listening skills soft skills emotional intelligence again like finance like insurance because that's where you need to understand the needs of people you need to have that human interaction i think those will be disrupted the most because um in these industries 
we have been really focused on IQ, meaning our cognitive abilities. And slowly the shift will happen where uh, the value will move away from IQ, but it will move to EQ, meaning emotional intelligence. So people who can empathize with people, um, people who can listen to other people and un interpret their needs and wants, and then feed that data into the machine who can do the thinking, who, uh, you know, much faster and better than human beings. Mm, okay. And, and do the thinking in terms of emotional intelligence as well, you mean? See, I think um, this is one trait uh, that I don't believe machines can really be good at. Uh, humans um, are social animals and we have evolved to connect with others at a deeper level. Uh, we can communicate even without saying a lot of words, right? So our body language, our facial expressions, they say a lot to another human being. And maybe we can teach these things to a machine, but I don't think that authentic uh, deep connection can be made with a machine as a human to human uh, connection is. Like, I don't think that can be replaced ever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because, because there are some forecasts about virtual girlfriends and uh, virtual psychologists. Yes, you think yes. these would be somewhat effective or still it, uh, Yes, yes. I mean, see, um, uh, everything that exists in the world, there is a sort of, a, you know, sort of a, like a knockoff version of it, right? Like, so let's say uh, there is a, a famous painting from uh, Da Vinci, like, you know, Mona Lisa. So there have been millions and millions of prints or replicas of that painting but that doesn't mean it's the original painting so if people uh, want to just experience a little bit or you know they cannot afford something or they want to just appreciate it and they want to experience a little bit of glimpse of what that means yes they can buy a replica but it is not the same as the original thing so yes the machines you know, you can have virtual girlfriends, you can have virtual psychologists. Yes, of course, you can do that. But at some level, you will feel that, okay, this is artificial and this is not real, right? So talking about, about this, uh, I also read that you're an expert in psychology, neuroscience. Did this come about in line with your work in AI or how did you develop these skills? See, what happened was that um, at one point in my life, I became quite depressed because of, uh, you know, some some uh, personal experiences I went through. And I went to, um, I, I was so depressed that I was almost suicidal. And that uh, experience, um, that experience led me to find some solutions to fix myself because obviously I, I didn't want to uh, commit suicide or hurt myself. And uh, I uh, I talked to a lot of psychologists. I talked to a lot of therapists. But eventually, I found some relief in meditation. So meditation helped me understand my own mind and what was going on and how I was creating my own reality. And then that experience led me to dive more into human psychology, into neuroscience, and really understand the the brain, the physical brain and the mind, which is not the physical uh, brain. It's it's the human mind, the consciousness, how it all works and how uh, we fit into this universe. 
and all of these modalities combined with artificial intelligence and other technologies that sort of um what became my work where i can uh, where i can sort of um mix these modalities which are uh, which are non physical which are more sort of soft uh, human uh, soft skills and uh, you know the 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 human side of uh, uh, our existence plus the technology the hardcore technology and and the tangible effects of technology and how these concepts can uh, come together and these are not not nothing new like if you if you look at what apple does apple uh, does it very beautifully like it understands what humans want they want convenience they want easy to use um, technology that uh, that is approachable that is not very complicated and then they uh, fuse that knowledge into really nice looking designs uh, very seamless technology and that's why they have become so popular right similarly you will see uh, amazon becoming so popular because they understand that humans want convenience they want fast uh, delivery and these are all the things that we want but um, somehow we um, fail to pay attention to these details but once you really understand how to um, uh, how to read other people's minds and what they want and then you can build technology to deliver that that's the formula to major success and uh, impacting more and more people does that make sense it makes sense yes especially because i also um, have some trainings on uh, expansion of consciousness and using yes. these capabilities out of curiosity what kind of meditation are you practicing so there is a, a very good guided meditation from um, a company called mind valley and uh, uh, the founder his name is vishen lakhani and he has a meditation called six phase meditation um, and it guides you you know it's a 20 minute meditation it guides you you just follow through and then i also uh, practice transcendental meditation and i do yoga um, so uh, uh, some different practices but it's about like it takes about uh, 30 minutes or so every day mm -hmm. yeah. so so what is this uh, event in your life this breaking point that that led you to search uh, for meditation to save your life yes yes what happened so so um you know uh, um i um have had a really bad um luck in building personal relationships with my family of origin with my parents uh then with my spouse uh who is my ex spouse now and so all of these things sort of really agitated me uh, you know why don't people understand me why can i can I, why can't they like listen to me so it used to be my default mode like blaming other people blaming uh you know adults in my life uh, about all my problems and then in 2010 i had my first born child and uh, uh, uh and he will not connect with me he he did not connect with me uh, you know as a as a as a parent so that was the turning point in my life where i said okay so far i have blamed every adult in my life for my problems and now with my own child there is no possibility that you know i i can blame a child um so it has to be something inside me that is creating all these problems so that is that realization uh led me to depression and and you know i was like okay i need to face myself in the mirror now and see what is what is wrong with me what is going on and so that was the incident that led me to depression and then you know find the solutions to that and so 
um, yeah, that 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 was it. Okay. Has it, has your relationship with your child improved in the meanwhile? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, um, yeah. It's it's um it's been um it's been a struggle. Um, so it's not like it's hundred percent there, but it is a learning experience for him and me, and uh, you know, um, going together on this journey. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. All right. So, so where do you see the the further developments of? AI in the future? Where is it all going? So I believe, uh, you know, we are going, uh, first of all, we are, I think we are going to experience um, uh, an era of hyper-personalization where uh, most people will start to get what they want, exactly what they want. Like, uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, it, so the, the example of um, the personalized learning was one where, uh, you know, uh, education became, will become hyper-personalized. So people will be able to learn exactly the skills that they want to learn and they want to monetize in the world rather than going through the same degree programs that hundreds of thousands of people go through. Then a personalized medicine will come where, uh, you know, right now, let's say if you have a disease, then we the doctor prescribes a medicine which will work for like 99% of the people, but 1% of the people will experience some extreme side effects, right? Because mm. we can only test it on, on certain people. But then with AI, we will be able to say, okay, you know, my genes are unique. My DNA is unique. So why don't you create a medicine that is perfectly suited for my DNA? And that will be personalized medicine without any side effects or anything like that. Um, um, I then, think this is already uh, quite advanced as far yes, as, yes. I, as, as far exactly, as I know. Exactly. Uh, yes. Both research in DARPA and in Portugal and Lisbon, they've uh, done quite a lot on. Yes, on yes, yes. So this will continue, right? Like right now it is in research phase, but it will become mainstream. So doctors and nurses will be able to say, okay, let me prescribe you a medicine just for you. Right. Um, that will become the mainstream idea. And then I think eventually in maybe even 10, 20 years, I think we are approaching a point of singularity where machines will become more uh, intelligent than human beings. And so that that will be the point where I think man and machine, human beings and machine will start to sort of fuse together human mind. Um, and uh, and I believe we will approach an um, an era of abundance in that in that scenario where pretty much everybody will be able to get what they want because uh, up till now in human history we have always been fighting about unlimited resources we have you know there's been wars there has been like stress there has been you know our society is based on all the whole society is basically running towards preserving some resources that we have to divide between ourselves, starting from food, water, and whatnot. Uh, but with artificial intelligence, I think a lot of this will be offloaded to the machines and we will, as human beings, will sort of spend our time more on creative uh, things, more satisfying things, more fulfilling things, and, and connecting with each other. I believe that is the world we are moving towards. Okay, I have a, a, a question both regarding uh, the point of singularity and uh, about eradicating genetic diseases, which will also happen with the advancement of AI. Let's start with the first one, with the point of singularity. Actually, a lot of uh, people claim that we are 
really not that far away from this point and some claim that it may it may have already happened but yes, let's yes. assume we're not that far away from the point of singularity what would stop uh ai from not putting humans as their top priority because the moment they become more intelligent than humans they're the top consciousness in the world like we have been and we know what's happening to the lower consciousnesses as we perceive them such as animals such as the environment and so we would be treated the same way by the higher intelligence it takes its its highest priority is to survive because it believes that this is the survival of the world right and be it singularity simple ai or merged with a human but the pure human will disappear Mm. So let me address it this way, right? So this is a human thought. Uh, this is a flawed human thought that as soon as you become intelligent, then you want to suppress others, you want to eliminate others. And that is not the fact. Actually, if you look at uh, humanity, we are the most um, uh, most powerful and um, uh, most ubiquitous species on the planet, not because we are so competitive, but we are so collaborative. Right. So if you look at all the human wars in human history, it is not to uh, it is not a, a result of somebody waking up one day and saying, OK, I'm going to eliminate everyone else. It's actually a culmination of generations of trauma, generations of suppression, generations of, uh, you know, sorrow that one day erupts as a volcano and, and it gives rise to a, a very nasty consciousness, which says, OK, I'm, I'm going to take revenge for all that has happened to me and my previous generations. That's how major wars are uh, waged, right? Um, so in order for AI to behave like that, there has to be some human being that is so in tune with human emotions that they can come up with an algorithm which represents this generational trauma, this uh, this deep emotional scar, uh, you know, of jealousy, of uh, of hatred, and then create an algorithm to plant it in in the AI, and some human will need to be so in tune, so um, uh, like almost like a uh, 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 hundred times more in tune than the Buddha to to really understand how how human emotions work, and then hundred times more evil than Hitler to say, okay, now I have created this algorithm. I'm going to plant it in AI, and then I'm going to say, okay, go AI, destroy the world destroy humanity. And these kind of things are, uh, in my opinion, understanding human consciousness, understanding how algorithms work, understanding how AI works. These things are very, very, um, uh, you know, uh, like uh, almost impossible in my opinion. But what the future holds, I cannot predict. But that is my opinion for as of today. Yeah, yeah. Manoj, I was actually not thinking that uh, that AI after singularity would consciously go against humans but as humans would not be its priority um they would kind of start disappearing i mean look at the all the animals and the species that are disappearing because of human activity it's not that we want to kill them but it's because of human activity because we are so self-focused on our own species on our consciousness that the that we are taking resources and you know, changing the environment for other species that cannot survive. I mean, a similar mm -hmm. thing could mm -hmm. happen to humans. Mm -hmm. this, this is my point. No, no, I completely get it. What I'm trying to say is that this uh, this uh, behavior from humans is generational trauma. 
it is not a human nature uh, you see uh, to be inconsiderate about other species exactly mm-hmm. if it yeah. if it was our default mode of thinking then we would have eliminated ourselves long time ago there have been v- many periods in history in human history when human population dwindled to about a few thousand mm. okay so mm-hmm. only because we uh, we actually our default mode is to collaborate is to help each other we were able to survive through those um precarious periods right so it is not that um that now we have uh, these um, you know very powerful technologies we will uh, these technologies will de- destroy us or we will destroy i mean i believe in uh, i believe in the overall goodness of human beings yes there are some bad powers bad people in the world trying to um, you know uh, destroy uh, others or they have their own ambitions but that's just like 1 to 2% of the population what about the 98% of the population which is trying to do the good in the world right okay and so my other question was uh, or my other thought that i have was about the the genetic improvements of humans yes, yes. so there are some studies where uh, the natural abilities can be tweaked with dna so uh, uh, dna so uh, people can become more intelligent and this by itself already means that they're ahead of other countries other nations it's, yes, it's yes. like e- eugenics uh, yes, in yes, the yes, in yes. the new in the new yes. world um <laughs> so how do you see the development of humanity then taken separately with all these enhancements uh and, and in general the competition i mean nations like india where you come from they may i mean i know that there's a lot of development going on in technology but just assuming that nations that cannot catch up so quickly with developments will be left behind with their population as well that cannot sure. afford to upgrade their genes sure so let me um, put it this way again uh, the point is simple right um we have come to think that high iq is the answer to all questions and high iq is the thing that will uh, help us grow in the world make us prosperous and what not but you have seen so many examples in history very very smart people very smart people who have died penniless you know uh, uh, uh nikola tesla you know one of the smartest people who lived on this planet he died penniless right and now uh, elon musk is using his name to become the richest person in the, like tesla is after his name so it's not about how smart you can get it's always about how in tune you are to other people's needs so if you are the smartest person and you don't even know how to communicate with other people you don't even know what other people want then that intelligence is not going to do any good to you right so the idea is to evolve human consciousness so that you can get in tune with other people and how how you can translate your gifts your iq into something that is meaningful for others and those are the people who make the most impact does that mm. does that make sense uh, i would be honest it makes partial sense because i actually uh, read some uh, studies that link iq to uh, the level of earnings and this is what mm-hmm. a lot of people don't want to hear but there are studies that a 10% change in the average iq 
changes the salary of a person by, I don't know, 10, 20K or something of like course, that. So there's a direct correlation indeed between IQ and earnings. And Absolutely. so to your point about Nikola Tesla and about other people that have died penniless, uh, I mean, what we know from history, the history of Tesla was that his, uh, his tap was stopped by, uh, what was his name? The banker, I forgot. Uh, from, um, uh, yeah. Whatever. Morgan, Everybody Morgan, knows. Morgan. Yes, yeah, Morgan. Yes. <laughs> Everybody yeah, knows yeah. the story. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, his fate is unfortunate. Uh, if he had lived in other circumstances and been connected to other people, he would have probably made much more money and not died penniless. So, of course, it depends on the environment. Um, and I don't think he was lacking in EQ because, as far as I understand, he liked going to parties. He was a social person also. So, so uh, I... If, mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. Um, the 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 thing is that uh, uh, we, in my opinion, um, we are entering a post thinking era. Okay. So we talked about singularity. We talked about all of these things. So yes, the historical data tells us e IQ has been very very important in our survival in the way that we value things. But now. Think logic, if, if we apply a little bit of, uh, you know, simple logic, if the machines can do the thinking better and faster, then IQ will not be as relevant. Yes, it of course, it will be relevant, but not as relevant. And if we look at history, once again, there has been periods, like look at the Renaissance period in Europe. You know, there was 300 year period where artists and musicians and philosophers those were at the top of the society because we valued the uh, the emotional uh, intelligence or the soft um, mm -hmm. skills or those creative uh, endeavors much much higher than the the intellectual endeavors right mm -hmm. so so how can we ensure that the values will change or how can we be sure where the values are heading towards see this is not a question for you and I. This is human evolution. So mm -hmm. this is where um, collective consciousness will decide which way do we turn. You know, we are always given a free will. We are always given a path. Okay, are we going to go this way or are we going to go that way? But I believe in uh, in in overall, um, you know, overall. Um, how can I say it? The, uh, the evolution always leads us down the right path, which is good for the overall um, survival of the species. And I believe that path is more harmonious, more uh, sort of um, leading towards human connection rather than leading towards becoming the most super intelligent human being who can you know, absorb all the resources for himself or herself. I don't believe that is the right path evolution will choose for us. I think it will be more towards more collaborative path. Manuj, I have absolutely enjoyed going deep on the subject of AI with you. <laughs> it was a true pleasure talking to you. What is What are some last words that you want to leave this conversation with? So um, I will just say, um, uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of unfounded fear about AI. Uh, but if people can just um, get over their fear, just experience uh, this technology. I believe it has the power to change the world. And the other thing I will just say is, you know, learn about human connection, learn about communications, because that will be one of the most valuable skills that you can um, monetize in the future. Wow. Thank you. Yeah.
-hmm. I know that you also consult startups and individuals. Where can people reach you to find out yes. about how they can work with you? Yes. So the simplest way is to find me on LinkedIn. Uh, let me know you heard me on this uh, podcast and what are you trying to achieve? How can we help you? Wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing, for going deep, for being vulnerable in this conversation. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Grow and Learn. We hope that you found our podcast informative, engaging, and inspiring. Our mission is to help you keep growing and learning, and we hope that our conversations and insights have provided you with practical advice and useful perspectives. If you're looking for personalized support and guidance to help you achieve your personal or professional growth objectives, I offer a range of services to help. As a trusted management partner and mentor, I work with businesses in the process of transformation, looking for new streams of business, as well as M&A. With an extensive professional network of experts and mentors, I can bring on board the right person or team based on the specific needs of the company I'm working with. To learn more about the services I offer and how I can help you achieve your goals, visit my website at growandlearn.org. You can also reach out to me via email or social media. I'd love to hear from you. And if you enjoyed this episode of Grow and Learn, please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review. Your feedback is important to us and it helps us to continue to create content that is relevant and valuable to our listeners. Thanks again for listening and we look forward to sharing more insights and perspectives with you in the future.